Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Matinee Matinee. Today we'll be discussing the film Enter the Void. Yes, by Gaspar No, the yeah. Argentinian director. I, th- I think Ooh, his other French. famous movie is, what, Irreversible or something? Yes, and then he recently put out a film in 2015 called Love, which was also well-received. So some explanation why as to why we're watching this movie. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, there is a Russian postdoc who I work with, and um, we discussed the film. He saw the film Moonlight, and he did not care for it. Oh, and we got in this big argument about it. Oh, God. Did he uh, say... Okay, I'll wait. Go ahead. And I asked him what movies he liked, and he's like, I like Enter the Void, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch it, and then I'm gonna tell you what I think about that. Oh, God. So that's why we watched this movie. And I think the joke was on me, because this movie's like two and a half hours long. Yep. And terrible. (laughs) Yep, okay. Okay, okay, I won't say it's... It's not, like, absolutely miserable. It's there are, not good. There are redeeming things about it. I'd say the technical some of the technical things are really cool. It's yeah, it's a technically impressive film, and it's yeah. like the film that reminded me most of all. Or th- I took this. I think you took this class too. Um, in undergrad, we took film. I took a filmmaking class. Did you Viz two sixty two, Ursa? Were you in it? No, I took documentary filmmaking. Okay, I think Colleen and um, Casey both took the class from the same guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember his name, but but I know who Keith. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, he showed us this film, which was like um, this these flashing images. It was like a very avant garde, like is this a film type thing. Where it was like these flashing images with like people with scissors or something. I don't remember. That took place, you know, six years ago or whatever. But it was like just like visually abrasive. Um, in a in a good way. I don't mean that as a like, you know, insult. And this film is takes place in Tokyo and it has a lot of sort of that aesthetic. It's very red. Um, mm-hmm. it's very neon. Um, I mean, yeah, I thought the, the choice of color is somewhat interesting. Um, it made sense. Um, yeah. But that didn't make it pleasant. <laughs> no, to watch. not at all. Um, the other thing that just shoots out at me about this movie is just the, uh, the, um, the portrayal of the human body is very European. As in, there is a lot of nudity and a lot of sex. Yeah. Oh, not, God. Not like American. I mean, there's a difference, right? Like, in in films, I mean, especially, I can't even, forever, right? There, there was the, the Hays Code, isn't that yeah. there? Yeah. So, Ameri- for our listeners who aren't, um, <laughs> aren't, aren't that familiar with film history, um, movies at first just try to self-censor themselves. And there was a number of, like, you know, things that were required of that. And I think one of them had to do with, like, you know, showing sex and nudity. Eventually that was, you know, gotten rid of. And you have the MPAA, which is an independent organization, quote-unquote independent organization, which is actually discussed 
very nicely in the documentary film, this film is not your rated, where yeah. they sort of talk about the MPAA being a tool of the larger um, corporation, larger corporation, the larger movie movie corporations. To and try just to, like other corporations, like don't they mention Coca Cola and stuff like that? I mean, I think these companies have the companies that rule the world. You know, the companies that rule the world. Um, anyway. anyway, as a result of that, like you know, movies try to understate the set. I mean, they've always tried to understate like sexuality and stuff, and it's especially true because um, if you have an R rating for your film. You can show it in theaters, and, like, you know, there's a lot of restrictions, but, like, movies will show it. If your movie is NC-17 or not rated, it's a lot harder to display the, uh, display the movie, and so they're going to be financially less successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and this film was not rated, and there are – there is a lot of nudity <laughs> um, just in, like – not in, like, a lot of nudity in American movies is sort of like, you know, nudity in sex is a lot of euphemisms or, like, you know, suggestive things or carefully placed images. Mm-hmm. No, these these people were, they were, uh, which isn't necessarily, they were, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just, no. like, you know, so far from what you're used to watching cinema. The Which is sort is, of the allure of this film. It's very different. There is first-person perspectives in it. Yeah. And I think these are the positive things about the film. Um, it's unusual. It's yes. a, it is a distinct film-watching experience. Yes. Um, problems. It's really long. It's really <laughs> the, long, and it's really dumb. Go ahead. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's much more about watching... Than about thematic development. Yeah, which is um, boring when you have a two and twenty two hour twenty minute long film. And the, the film I watched in um, the film in uh, the class I mentioned earlier, I think we watched that movie for like five or ten minutes. I think it was a five or ten minute movie, which is fine if you're trying to like you know experiment. But yeah, a two and a half hour experiment is a bit no much. no. And the thing is, a two and a half hour experiment with you know character development and like st- the having the audience feel like they have a stake have a claim i'm not sure what word i'm looking for in what happens to the characters you know so discovering you, something let's let's the, talk about what the film is about so the, we, yeah so a brief synopsis of the film is um you have this character he's a drug dealer um he goes to the club and there's a he, he's set up he goes into like a bathroom stall and he tries to flush his drugs and then he tells. Oh the... wait, you forgot that the club's name is called The Void. Right. That's really. I found that to be really dumb. Okay, continue. And that's why they're entering the void. Yeah, it's dumb. But okay. anyway, so um, there's this drug dealer guy, and he's in this bar. He's in this like club, and he's trying to flush drugs, and the he can't flush him, and then he says. I have a gun, I'll shoot my way out. And so he gets shot. And then after he gets shot, in the beginning of the film, it's from the first person perspective. After he gets shot, he sort of has this out-of-body experience and it sort of flashes through his whole life. Um, and it turns and out... all of this, sorry, just preamble, at the very beginning too, there's a discussion of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which kind of like prefaces this whole experience of whole, you know, like after you die or when you die, you have a period of time where you like 
stay close to this earth and like stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically what he does then. He like stays on earth obviously and like looks back at his life and it then a flashback and it turns out like he and his sister lost their parents at a very young age and then went to separate foster families and um growing up eventually you get some some more backstory between everything that's sort of happening and you know he becomes a drug dealer and she becomes like a stripper and um in Tokyo, in which Tokyo. I found to be very strange, because I don't know if this guy, Gaspar No, ever, like, went to Tokyo. I think it was shot in Tokyo. I know, but, like, did research, like, is this a realistic thing? Will this, you know, foreigner be able to be a drug dealer in... Because, you know... Yeah, Tokyo, Asian um, cultures are kind of... Yeah. Especially Japan is not very welcoming of no foreigners. i mean they're I very surprised. friendly but or as a as a culture it's very friendly but it's like the jap the assimilation doesn't really happen yeah, as, yeah. As, that's my understanding and then but not that also but also to like the yakuza like you can't just sell drugs in japan i feel like unless you're a part of the larger you know structure of black market gangs underground crime you know so i don't, I don't know. know yeah that i don't, was, I don't know that to was be one honest. thing at the beginning of the film and then it just got worse from there <laughs> um but also uh, we're talking about the, yeah and so do you see what happens after he dies the last i think 20 minutes of the film were just that was the worst for me it, it was the last hour and 10 minutes <laughs> i thought so i don't know if there's there were video games in the '90s. I think this is the the time period I'm thinking of. It might have been 2000s or whatever, where they they thought it'd be a good idea to have cutscenes with live actors. Specifically, I'm, I'm thinking of the Command and Conquer series, but I, I think there are other ones where they're like random live action actors. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's how this movie felt. The action was terrible. Like yeah. the main character was one of the worst actors I've seen <laughs> in a long time. And he's not even he he doesn't even act in anything like this was the only film that he's listed in in Wikipedia like it was really bad yeah and I thought the middle of the film was the best part because you know it was kind of interesting to develop these characters and they kind of like it's not the plot like the, the time isn't super nonlinear but it's a little nonlinear and that was kind of cool mm-hmm. and I was kind of getting into it and they didn't have this terrible actor to take me out of it. Mm-hmm. But it gets kind of repetitive. And in the last, like, 30 minutes, they go to a love hotel. Um, I think that, like, the, that's a thing in Japan, right? Love hotels? Yeah, they are a thing. Where people live very close together. And so you don't want to hear no, a bunch of noises. No, a love so, hotel is so. literally where you go to have sex. Right, that was why I thought they existed, though. Yeah. Because people live close together we... with families or... No, I think they're legit hotels. Like, people don't live there, for example. They, they don't live in the love hotels, but I don't know. I don't know what We're you're We're not saying. experts in J- Japanese culture. If they want to have sex, they go to the love hotel. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's what you're saying. Oh. Yeah, like, it's a common thing. people live thing. so close together. Right, it's not like... that when they want to have sex, they go to a love hotel. Yes. That's I my was... understanding of it. And again, I'm not an expert in Japanese culture at all. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of people having sex in this love hotel, and you just... You just watch them. Um, 
And yeah, it was. And then the sister and the best friend have sex. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it's so effed up. I, okay, I'm going to interject here and just say, it's just really effed up. Like, I, from the beginning, was kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I go into it knowing this is all I knew going in. Like, dude has a, like, psychedelic trip. Okay. That's what I thought the film would be about. And I was like, that sounds kind of weird. Then when he died, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Like, this could get more provocative. And, like, I feel like it did get more provocative, but in a direction that was dumb instead of a direction that was captivating. So, for example, technically, it was really cool the way that the shots, like, when the he's first looking back... perspective was cool in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Until... You saw the person behind until the person behind the first person perspective started talking. <laughs> no, no, but he's, just he terrible. Kind of stops talk. He doesn't talk the whole time though. Yeah, but as soon as like it's cool, the first person perspective. But he's just such a terrible actor. I know, but but that that but made I the love. first person perspective less interesting to me. Yes, but the thing that I liked about the first person perspective was the and after he's dead and he's like reliving parts of his life is the whole, like, juxtaposition of similar events, right? So, like, him and his, his sister are on a roller coaster when she first comes to Japan, and then that cuts to the car crash, which we've seen before in previous cuts. Like That was the, the cool, yeah, that was the, the coolest part yeah. of the movie. And also, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like... um Today, there's a lot, like, in modern days, there's a number of found footage films, which are pseudo-first-person perspective, and it's first with a camera, and they're shaky cam. Yeah. And I liked how this was, like, a first-person perspective, like, in earnest, where it wasn't, oh, we've got a camera, and that's why it's first-person perspective, and mm -hmm. it's gonna add shit. It was like, no, this is, this is first-person like, it was cool. Actually, yeah. like, it's it's kind of what you'd expect for like a VR movie, like when VR becomes yes. a thing. Yeah, I, it sure. was very immersive and very different. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, like there's a lot of technically very interesting things in this movie. Yes, but there's not the narrative that makes me care. And in fact, as I mentioned, it's kind of dumb and creepy because there's definitely some like, definitely some Freudian. What's that called? Oedipal stuff going well, on. Well, there's, like, and then scenes also, of like, the guy, like, sucking on... Stuff suck going on. Well, there's lots of... There's, like, there was, scene, there was a, at least one scene that pulled out to me where the guy is sucking on, like, the girl's nipples, and then it flashes back to him yes. being with his mother. Yes. Which, okay, let me be clear here. I think that human sexuality um, is more complex, and, like, we shouldn't say things like that's gross, but I feel like the director, like, that's not, it was just kind of like a shock factor thing, as it felt like a lot of things that he did in this film were about, like, shocking us. I mean, I'm, so that's just kind of dumb to me. Like, the movie Irreversible, like, yeah, it's supposed to, I haven't seen it, but what I've heard I about it. I read a lot about it yeah, while I was watching Enter the Void, because I was just like, this is boring, what's happening? And then I read about Irreversible, and it sounds like 10,000 times worse. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, the things I've seen about, heard about Irreversible just seems like it's just so excessively sexual, like, sexually charged. There's yeah. sexual violence. 
Yeah. In that movie. And I'm like, why? Okay. Again, I think like human sexuality needs to be discussed more and we need to talk realistically about stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It just got the, I just got the feeling that it was like, oh, how sketchy would it be if he like has, like when he's having his out of body experience, he like floats into the guy who's having sex with his sister. I just, it's not. Oh, and then the women in this film, they were all whores. I'm sorry. I don't mean that in a negative way, but in the like, they're all strippers, prostitutes or his mom. Like <laughs> or there's the guy, his friend's mom who he has sex with. Yeah. Okay. Who so, pays him. Exactly. So, okay. You're right. All right. So reverse horror. I mean, but it's just like sexual objects, right? Like the only person in this film who feels real is this dude. And he doesn't ex- like have any change, you know, like there's no growth. I don't care about him. I'm like, you said you had a gun when you were dealing drugs. You, I don't say you deserve to be shot, but like, come on. It's like, what did you, you expect know? to happen? Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're not going to come in. You're going to have time to flush the drugs down the toilet. It's like, come on, dude. Own up to the it's fact like, that you were breaking laws. Oh, or when you're trying so... to flush drugs, like, you know, why would you tell me you have a gun? <laughs> like, I don't know. And then like her, he, he pretty why much. Why would you pretend you're just going to the bathroom? Because they were banging on the door. And they he were just... going to yeah, I mean, if get, I would rather have them burst in than, like, start shooting in, though. I don't know. If I know. you have a gun, you want it to be, like, surprising. He's dumb. He's dumb. I'm sorry. He's just dumb. And then the, the sister, I don't know, the sister is, like, a shell of a human. And it's just bothered me. But she's, like, a main character, but she's the shell of a human. So, it's just, I'm not watching any of his films anymore. I mean, there's I, an issue of, I there's the theme of abandonment with his sister, right? Where she feels yeah. really abandoned by him. Yeah, for sure. But I just feel like none of it is explored to an extent that makes me feel satisfied, feeling like I know these characters and I care about... Not necessarily that I care about, because you, like, don't need to... Well, you need to care. You know what I mean? Like, investment? But I didn't there's feel... There's a lot of... I feel in, like this movie could have been, you know, infinitely better. Yes infinitely infinitely like like yeah. there are some reasonable aspects in it like i would pair this director with you know a good writer and you know a competent at least Actor. a competent acting like group yeah and you know a psychologist to get him to talk about some to have less sexual violence and no, this it's film like, it's not even that it's like it's okay. Sex is okay. Like, I'm not, I don't want to, people think I'm a prude, but like it, there needs to be a purpose behind it. You know, like everything on screen should have a purpose. Yes. So if it's sex, it should have a purpose. If it's walking a dog, it should have a purpose. And it just feels like so much of this film was kind of like not motivated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But what, what I mean, like, you know, what I mean, like sex is used as like, it's aggressively used as, like, I don't want to say a weapon, but, like, just the hurtful thing that people do. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the sex 
it's like an emotional weapon. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And there's the abortion scene. Yeah. That was effed up. And then the birth scene. There's just like a lot. It's and the, just, the scene where you go why? inside. It's go. It's from the vagina's perspective, yes. and the dick is just. That was <laughs> like, so weird. And again, it's like. I wanted to like certain aspects of this film. I want to feel culture like that this the film. Narrative but... was just dumb. I was like, no, you know. It's funny because okay, so I finished watch. This was on Hulu, so I finished watching it, and Hulu has that like autoplay, like what comes next, and it recommended blue is the warmest color. And I was like, no, because that (laughs) film also has a lot. It's also by a director who added like so much more to the film than needed to be, including numerous sex scenes that totally do not need to be there. The narrative on its own is strong, but then the sex scenes, it's like, why is this here? And so with this film, the sex scenes, I was like, why is this here? And also the narrative, I was like, this is dumb. It reminds me of uh, Game of Thrones when they had uh, all the, I guess this is Game of Thrones season three or so, spoiler, so warning. But there's all these scenes of Theon Greyjoy getting tortured. Oh, yeah. They're just so unnecessary. Like, okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. God, just dumb. Like, it's unpleasant, but you don't need to dwell on it. Like, yeah, I get you're a good director, and, you know, sex is taboo, and, like, you know, this movie is supposed to be provocative and exploratory, but, you know, calm down, man. Calm down. Mm hmm. Yeah, also, I. Yeah, I hated the colors in this movie. I mean, I understand why they're there, and maybe they're meant to be hated, but I hated them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I didn't care so much. I mean, the yeah, the mise-en-scene, like, was annoying for me. The flashing but I, lights. Yeah. Like, the, fa- the fading to ba- black and viewing over the city. and yeah. I get. I mean, it represents him like flying around and being a soul, but yeah, it was just felt kind of boring. Yeah. Oh, my dad is coming down to get his dinner. So, um, what would you? Re- okay, we'll we'll finish the episode out. Um, what would I rate this? Um, a two. Yeah, I think it's a two. There are redeemable things about this movie. But honestly, um, watch the first 30 minutes and then don't. Watch the middle 30 minutes. It, yeah. Wa- okay. wa- pick, th- pick 30 minutes of the movie and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I wasn't reviewing this, I would have stopped watching this movie. Yes. And I, make sure the moment, moments you pick are not, like, the last 30 minutes. Yeah, I would say something, yeah. And I would, yeah, I agree. There, there's, there's a lot, this film is interesting, it's ambitious, you know, but it's dumb. There's a lot. There, there's a lot. A lot of things that you could possibly take away from it, but it really doesn't work as a whole. And the opening credits are cool. The first five minutes, I was like, "This is looking like it's going to be, you know, interesting thing." And then I've been reading this book. It's, it's about what happens after you die. 
I know, and then it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. we got to we gotta pick a... I've at least had two twos in a row, so we got to pick a winner next I time. I mean, okay, you can't... And you got to tell what? your friend that what the hell is this? Moonlight his is way better than Enter the Void. <laughs> right? Um, what was I... I'm sorry, if someone told me that this was their favorite film, I'd be like, I don't think it was, I here. think he said, I, you know, he said I wouldn't like it, and that it was like, you know, it was an example of a film he liked. I don't think it's his favorite film. I don't know. Well, okay. I'll, I'll have a conversation. I would a still talk like, to. Uh, um, but I mean, you can't, you can't fault us. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross is supposed to be like, yes. a good movie. You can't, yeah. well, that's not an intentionally bad pick. This, yeah. You know, this admittedly is somewhat, was somewhat of a questionable pick, but yeah. yeah. We'll, no, we'll, that's okay. No, because so, some people really like this film, so that's okay. I'm just saying, if I ever meet them, I'll be like, "What's your problem?" Like, they're we'll start talking problem. about how much they like the relationship with their sister or something. Yeah, and just some effed up stuff that they need to unpack. Okay. Cool. Um, matinee, 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 matinee. Have a nice day.